Good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, January 9th of 2023. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. And today, although it might seem a little strange, we're celebrating the baptism of the Lord. Yesterday, we celebrated the Epiphany, and today, we're celebrating the baptism. Today's Gospel comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John of the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came from up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Today we celebrate the baptism of the Lord, which rather unusually falls on Monday this year. But if we really think about it, there's actually a number of surprising things about this feast. For instance, we've been celebrating the Christmas season, the Nativity of our Lord, as well as many events related to his birth and infancy, for instance, the Epiphany, the Holy Innocence, and the like. And yet, now, suddenly we have a feast that celebrates Christ as an adult. Likewise, this celebration of the Lord's baptism marks the end of the Christmas season, but really it commemorates a beginning, the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. For the end of such an important liturgical season, this celebration really doesn't feel like an end at all. And that's precisely the point. The newborn Christ at Christmas pushes us towards Christian growth and maturity, so that we may no longer be infants, as St. Paul tells the Ephesians, who are tossed by waves and swept along by every wind, but rather reach full stature in Christ. We often hear people talking about keeping the Christmas spirit all year long. It's sort of a trite cliche, right? But as Catholics, we can say that's, that's really what we're supposed to do. Just as Christ grew and developed, we can't remain spiritual infants either. We have to keep growing, moving forward, and developing in our relationship with God. Now, the foundation, or the reason for all of this, is also found in today's feast. Now, we might find it unusual that the Father expresses his pleasure in Christ, saying, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased, even before Christ has undertaken his public ministry. In a sense, at least to those who knew him, Christ really hasn't done anything. Of course, to those of us with faith, we know on the one hand that everything Christ did during those hidden years worked for our salvation. Even if we don't know exactly what his growing up, his childhood, adolescence were like, we know that he was obedient to Mary and Joseph, and of course to his Heavenly Father. Yet, on the other hand, and and this is something we really should reflect on, we can also see here a deeper truth. Something that's true not only for Christ, who is God's only begotten Son, but also for us, who are God's children by adoption. And the truth is this. God's unconditional love must be the foundation of our lives. We, too, are his beloved children, in whom he is well pleased. It's not that we earn God's love, or or somehow we make ourselves worthy of it. Case in point, a few years ago, I attended a conference where one of the speakers, a priest, 
was recounting how he had heard the confession of a woman and gave her one decade of the rosary as her penance. So ten Hail Marys, right? Well, there was some confusion because of the language, and the woman didn't understand precisely what her penance was. And so she returned the following week, saying that she hadn't completed her penance. And that because she thought she had to pray twelve whole rosaries, right? And so she told the priest that she could only sit there and like kneel and pray for a few hours, because then she had to go back home and watch her children. So she stayed there how, how many ever hours and tried to pray through her 12 rosaries, um, and it didn't, it didn't get finished. So the priest obviously clarified the confusion. He said, he's like, who on earth gave you that penance? He's like, well, you did. And so he asked her, but did you think that 12 whole rosaries, that was a lot? And the woman gave a very telling reply. She said, well, yeah, but if I thought, but I thought that if that's what it was going to take for God to love me again, I, I do it. But the priest pointed out, he said, that's not the way it works. It's not like, okay, well, if I do this, then God will love me again. No, God always loves us. He extends his love to us at all moments of our lives. Because as St. John says, God's merciful love is a prior love. He loved us first. But God loves us even when we sin or live in sin, as St. Paul tells the Ephesians. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love he had for us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, brought us to life with Christ. By grace you have been saved, raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Okay, of course, God wants us to change our lives. He wants us to live entirely for him. He doesn't like the fact that we live in sin, and it wouldn't be merciful of him to want us to stay there. But the fact remains that the love is always there. We are always God's beloved children, no matter how far we fall, no matter what stage we're at in our lives. In a particular way, though, we need to realize this great truth about each one of our brothers and sisters. We're reminded that God the Father's words, this is my beloved son, or even this is my beloved daughter, also apply to every single life, from the moment of conception until the moment of natural death. From the smallest child in the womb to the elderly lying in the hospital bed, there is no such thing as a useless life. There is no such thing as a life without value. It's our obligation to remind others of this truth and to bear witness to the love that God has for each of his sons and daughters, each of whom he loves and wants, no matter how unloved or unwanted they might be in the eyes of the world. Our certainty of God's love for us, for each one of us, is really the answer to this problem. As Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI stated, he said, If ever man's sense of being accepted and loved by God is lost, then there's no longer any answer to the question whether to be a human being is good at all. Doubt concerning human existence becomes more and more insurmountable. Where doubt over God becomes prevalent, then doubt over humanity follows inevitably. In other words, what's he saying? If we doubt God's love for us, or if we're unsure of it, then we can come to doubt the value of human life itself. So today, let's pray through the intercession of St. John the Baptist and Mary, the Mother of God, for the grace to live out our baptismal consecration by leaving, by, by leaving behind sin and by seeking to follow Christ 
as best we can.